Welcome to the Latin Wealth Podcast, a podcast dedicated to educating the Latino community about entrepreneurship, investing, and business. Yo, what's going on, Latin Wealth family? Welcome to another episode to Wealth Wednesday. You guys already know a new show, not even a new show at this point. We've been doing it consistent for a while now, but it shows that we do every single Wednesday talk about talking about trending topics, things that are going on in the world and how it relates to the Latino community from two Latino men's perspective. So today's going to be a dub episode, right? So first off, if you guys have been on social media, maybe you have it, maybe you you have. Um, Cardi B recently went viral for uh, giving her, her perspective on real estate. So we're going to talk about that. You know, Cardi B got a, a whole lot of personality, so she's going to talk her stuff. Um, and we're also going to dive into, uh, Bitcoin, right? If you have been paying attention to crypto, crypto lately, maybe you haven't, um, we seen a, a little bit of a, a pop today, right? Today's Monday that we're recording this, but it kind of spiked today. And we're going to dive into why it spiked up and it dropped back down before we hit on those topics. My God, Jeremiah, how you feeling today? Feeling good, man. Uh, you hit me <laughs> looking at the topics. I was like. Oh, we're gonna get spicy today. So I'm 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 good. Hopefully we don't upset anybody, man. But you know, we always just like to give the a nice perspective, just even, right? Yeah. Bipartisan and just in the middle of the road and give it the facts. So yeah. Yeah. Like, uh before and we're gonna we're gonna dump it jump into an icebreaker question before but before we jump into that as well, I wanna give a shout out to you because I was talking to somebody just the other day and I didn't tell Jeremiah I was gonna tell him this, but Somebody that's a listener of the show um, really enjoyed what, what we're doing. He was like, yo, proud of what you're doing. Um, and Jeremiah, like, great asset to the show. It really seems like you guys know what you're talking about, you know. And um, just he's just giving us a shout out. So shout out to Jeremiah. Shout out to the Light Wealth platform. You know, um, again, we're coming. We're coming in hot. It's, it's going to happen soon. So whether you guys like it or not. It's going to pop off. I'm letting you know now. For sure. <laughs> and appreciate the appreciate the words of encouragement. Appreciate the gentleman. Uh, if you speak to him again, tell him thank you, obviously, for the words of encouragement and the support. Yep, 100%. So before we jump into those two dope topics, we want to have a little icebreaker question. You guys know we do this from time to time. And so we're reading a, a new book this month, Jeremiah and I and a couple other guys. Uh, we're reading Atomic Habits. Uh, if you've been listening to the show, you guys know that this is Jeremiah is probably in his top five, top three books of all time. And rightfully so. It's this book is just it's amazing. Like it's it's phenomenal. Highly recommend that you you guys go pick up this book. I read it before as well, but I'm rereading it probably like a third of a way um, completed with the book. So what we want to do today is just talk about some of the things that we have learned thus far or maybe some things since you've read it multiple times that you really enjoyed from this book and how, you know, some of these things we can, we can help people apply to their lives. Uh, so again, the name of the book is called Atomic Habits by James Clear. So I don't have the book on me. I don't know the subtitle, but essentially the book is about helping you and Jeremiah's going to grab it as I'm talking. Uh, go ahead. So tiny changes make remarkable results. Yep. A hundred percent. So it, it's all about, 
um, making those small changes, whether they're good or bad in your life to help you uh, make those remarkable results or like get you closer to your goals and whatnot. And so before we get into like some of the lessons, one of the, I love this example is that James Clear used in the book where he basically said in a nutshell, if you have a plane that's leaving from New York and it's going to LA, I, Jeremiah, help me. I don't know the exact measurement, but if you move like any, if you move that plane, the nose of the plane to the left or right, like three feet, four feet, just three or four yeah. feet or whatever the, yeah. you know, the, the measurement in, um, you'll end up like in a whole nother state. Right. And the point of me telling that is it's the small things. It starts with the small things in your life to help you get to your destination, to help you get to your goals. So if you're off by just a little bit in that plane, you're going to yep. end up in a whole nother state. And I love that yep. example um, that he he put into the book. But man, talk to us, Jeremiah. I know you're a fan of this book. What are some of the things that you've taken away so far? I mean, and, and on, on your example, bro, I mean, people, just something to think about. It was a couple meters, right? Which is not a lot. Meters. You're talking about a big, it's a couple meters. Yeah, just for like this big plane, it's just a couple of meters either way. And you totally change yeah. the destination, right? And and people in our, in our lives, we understand that. Um, there's like, for me, there's kind of three lessons that this book kind of drives home or kind of focuses on. Lesson number one is small habits uh, make a big difference. And we talked about that when the actual subtitle was Tiny Changes Make uh, Remarkable Results. And so it's just small habits. It's the little daily things that you do. It's aligning those things to make sure, right, that you create consistency, which then creates discipline, which then creates the habit, right? And so you continue to do those things. And it's just little small changes, right? 1% a day. It's not trying to conquer the world and say you're going to be the greatest. It's not about that. It's just about making little changes. Lesson number two is uh, forget about setting goals and focus on your systems, right? Mm -hmm. Focus on the actual system. It's not about just having, because goals are just dreams, right? Unless they're written down and followed through. So it's not about the dreams and the goals. It's about actually having a system to get to be successful, right? Create the steps, the necessary steps, like tangible actual steps that you can take that will lead you to being successful. Because, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times, we, a lot of us have our thoughts, we have our, yeah. our thought process, right? And maybe that's part of the problem is that we just have um, almost like a daydream, right? We think that we want to do something, we think it, and then it's like, yeah, we're going to do this, but we don't actually have steps to do that. Well, that's a system, right? To be systematic, to create the necessary steps to get to where you're trying to go. Um, lesson number three is build identity-based habits, right? So, um, you know, the focus of was how to create a good habit, how to break a bad habit. And in so many cases, what a lot of people sit and think about um, it's just how to create good habits, not realizing that in your life, habits themselves, good and bad, take up space, right? Mm -hmm. So when you take away a bad habit and you don't replace it with a good, you just think you're going to break the bad habit, what ends up happening? In most cases, another bad habit either, either comes in its place or that bad habit you had comes back 10 times rougher, right? That's because you didn't fill that space. And so that's what it is, understanding that your identity of who you are as a person, you need to build habits of who you are and how you function, right? Well, you know, we, we talk quite often about self-mastery. So 
that comes into play here as well, taking these steps. But I love this book because it breaks everything down, right? Sure. And it says an easy, proven way to build good habits and break bad ones. Hmm. Notice what it said first, building good habits, right? Hmm. So you have to build the good first and then pull away the bad so you have something to replace that space. I love that. I'm going to get a little bit more granular get to with it. the lessons. Um, so when you spoke about doing the small things every day to get to the bigger goal, uh, the first thing I thought of was, let me ask you this, how long, and you may know the answer to this, how long do you think it takes to climb Mount Everest? By days or months. Um, it depends on the person, but you got to have a, you got to have a guide. I know that. Yeah. And it usually takes someone the good, better part of it, like a month and a half. Yep. Great answer. So it takes about a month and a half, two months. But mm -hmm. what I think a lot of people don't realize is to prepare to climb Mount Everest takes over a year. Yep. Of doing the little things every single day to prepare, whether it's getting the right equipment, whether it's, it's probably mostly training, to be honest, or... Yep you know, practicing going up other similar summits and whatnot up to 12 years or 12, 12 months to prepare just to climb for a month, two months, you know, on, on Mount Everest. So doing the little, th that's when I think of that, I think that's what I think of doing the little things every day to prepare to get to that big goal. And a lot, a lot of time, the journey is the process. The journey is the, mm -hmm. the longest piece of it. Once you get to where you're on stage or, when the money comes in or when you get to Mount Everest, it, it's only a short bit of time. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole, the process was the journey. That's what it was. Um, so for me to get granular, I love in the book that it says that when you're looking to start a habit, it should only take less than two minutes to start. So it shouldn't take you that long. There shouldn't be too much resistance. And we're not talking about like, yo, uh, you need to get up off your butt and, hit the gym sure. for an hour it's it, nah. he's not he doesn't say that in the book it's just like form a habit where it's going to take you less than two minutes to put your shoes on form a habit it's going to take you less than two minutes to get up out, out the bed right just to get out of bed and put your shoes on because we're going through the day we're making so many decisions yep. and again you make one decision wrong with the airplane um you're going to end up in a whole different another destination if you if you don't wake up you don't go to the gym you don't put your shoes yep. on um you're not eating right now all of that compounds into a negative habit so the thing that you're trying to do it should take less than two minutes to do it should be like a no-brainer right you think of brushing your teeth that's a no-brainer right mm -hmm. if you going outside and you, you need to tie your shoes that's a no-brainer it takes less than two minutes to do these are habits we've been doing since we've been kids Right. And on the flip side of that, the best way to break a habit, it says in the book, is to make it impossible to do. It says to increase the friction to where you don't have to uh, you don't have the option to act on it. Right. And this is a little bit more difficult to do. Uh, I forget the example that he used in the book. Jeremiah, help me out if you have one, but make it impossible to do. So if it's Man, I'm thinking uh, if it's if it's junk food, right? If it's like, yo, I'm tempted on the way home to get in and out every single time before I go home. I think even the book, he says, take a different route. Take a longer way home where there's 
uh, no fast foods on the road. Maybe instead of you passing by fast food, you're passing by 24 hour fitness, you're passing by a gym. So now you're forming a habit of seeing this gym. And eventually the goal is to make that decision where you go in the gym, right? Right. So it's, I like the book because it gets really granular. It like gives you specific steps on how you can form a successful habit. Exactly. Take the cards off your phone. I'm thinking of one that you, yeah. that you just yeah. talked about, right? You take the cards off your phone and then you don't take your debit card. You only pack your lunch. Other than that, you don't have any money to go in. There right. So that you, you just made it impossible for you to do that. Yeah. Right. It's just stacking out things that way. Um, I think that I think that a lot of people have a big fear of getting granular with their lives because a lot of people lack organization mm. and focus and they're not able to actually be intentional with their own energy. Mm. And so I think that that scares a lot of people to get granular. Mm. Um, and so this book, it starts to get down into those crevices of the person, of you, and For you're sure. kind of like, I really don't know if I want to. Right. But it, it like literally life changing book, like I said, like you said, top three for me. Um, and because and it's so weird that it's in my top three, because it's not even one of the the ones like um, Tim Grover's books are like one mm. like, you know, mm. Relentless uh, Winning is one of like there's like one A, one B, depending on where I'm at with like Relentless Winning. And then there's Atomic Habits, which is totally not a book like that. It's totally yeah, different. It's just. Good. Yeah. yeah. So, but great book. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, phenomenal book, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Highly, highly recommend that you go pick it up. If you haven't heard of it by now, I mean, it, it's a very popular book, but rightfully I'm so. trying not to spoil it. I Like, I tried to... But there's I'm just so to... much in there that you... I don't, you yeah. Okay, yeah, you're right. I just, you know, because, you, you know, you tell people, then they'll try to just go get, like, the little cliff notes or something i'm like no bro you gotta no you gotta get you have to read the book yeah absolutely speaking about spoiling um (laughs) bitcoin today if you and it's crazy because i was on instagram i usually don't go on instagram early but i seen an account that i feel like it's pretty reliable and Mm -hmm. they made a post basically saying what i'm going to speak about right now bitcoin stores to nearly thirty thousand dollars on rumors of sec had approved black rots spot yep. for bitcoin etf yep. application we're gonna break that down right now so don't ah, don't don't worry we're gonna break it down right now uh, but i seen an account that spoke about it and i was like yo this no way like this is crazy that this is happening right now come to find out the news was bogus, bogus. not hop- it's not happening yet right and bogus. um yeah, I mean, it, it, it's crazy. It, BlackRock said that its ETF application is still under review by regulators. Uh, we're definitely going to talk about the title and what this all means. Uh, but we really want to talk about like, yo, is this, this is definitely a hint that this is going to happen soon. So I want to actually slide this to Jeremiah. I'd love for you to break this down for us, man. Um, I would love for you to, I know we've hit on ETFs in the past. But let's break that down for the audience as well so they have an understanding. So first and foremost, um, not to go super deep, but you guys all know that, you know, Bitcoin is a digital currency, right? Mm -hmm. Digital currencies are decentralized, which means unlike most fiat currency, right, which is your dollars, coins, all that stuff. 
this stuff is not linked to a bank and not linked to the federal government's monetary system, okay? Which means there's actually very little regulations on it. Now, that being said, there was a monumental case probably about seven, eight months ago, something like that, right? Where the SEC, or it's probably less than that, but six months ago, the SEC filed and they basically made seven, right? They classified seven different, um, well, they call it cryptocurrencies. It could be coins or tokens, right? And made them SEC sanctioned, right? So they got actually labeled as securities. Security. Now, the reason why most people like this whole side of things is because it's not government controlled. Okay, now ETFs, guys, are basically a group of stocks, right? This is a group that, that is controlled as a controlled sector, and it's usually brought to the market by, as you said, BlackRock, a Vanguard, um, large corporations that have several different plays and establishments or categories of stocks, basically group of stocks that they've created. And basically what we like about ETFs is the same that we like about in the, um, indexes or indices, right? is the fact that it's a group of stocks or a sector. And so your likelihood of actually gaining money inside of that is actually a lot better. The probability is better than just investing into a single stock. Right. All right. Why are we tying all this together? Why does this matter? The reason this matters is because of credibility, right? So Bitcoin and cryptocurrency itself took a huge hit with FTX. Um, but that whole thing firing down, um, Binance as well has had their own issues following FTX. And so what we see is the banks have come and attacked cryptocurrency, right? They stated that it's unstable, um, it's volatile, it's not safe for people. And then what they've done is given proof of, of evidence, right? With these things, with these things that are recurring, it almost seems as if that stuff was forced, right? Or these things were actually created to build that case. Now, in the meantime, what happens is when we present this case that says that it's unstable, how do I create credibility for or, you know, a use basis for something that ICE came out and said, Jamie Dimon, uh, CEO of, of Chase, came out and said years ago that he wouldn't do it, that it's not right. But meanwhile, the banks are buying up all this Bitcoin. Why? Because now we've taken away the credibility, but if BlackRock, which is the world's largest asset manager, um, or Vanguard, which is like number two, right? If these guys come in and they say, we're going to make an ETF out of Bitcoin, what does that do for Bitcoin? Well, you saw it today. It makes the price of that actual you know, entity, that cryptocurrency increase. And everybody's like, bro, this is too technical. Look, man, it's super simple. If I told you... Um, Here's an example. So if I told you, right, that um, I, I'm, a, I'm a, a dealer of cars and I've had 20 different dealerships, right? And then I come out and I say, hey, uh, man, you know that brand new Honda that came out? The best car around. A lot of people are going to listen to me because I have years and I have credibility, right, of these mm -hmm. 20 dealerships. They're going to say he knows a lot of cars. So Dang it, if he says it, it's probably the best, it's probably the best car around. This is the same thing when it comes to Bitcoin. If you have the largest asset manager coming and stamping them saying, we're putting our name on an ETF for you to purchase and put your money into our company, we're pairing with this cryptocurrency, the credibility of that cryptocurrency goes through the roof. Mm -hmm. And so does the cost. 
right? So we're looking at halving, uh, halving uh, next year in 2024. I think it's like June, end of May, beginning of June, they're going to start the halving session. So you want to try to get in what you can. I believe, honestly, around February or March, it'll just sit perfectly around that time because then that's a quarter, right? It'll, it's mm -hmm. a quarter before they're set to do the halving. So I think just looking at it stretched out, that's what sounds more realistic of when they will come out and say, we got it through. I think it's pretty much, I think it's done already. I just think they're not announcing it. It's crazy because with the halving and with this happening, yeah. there could be a huge spike in Bitcoin next year. It's been sitting. That's why they're saying buy now. it now. Yeah, you got to get it. You got to get it in. There's some numbers. I mean, myself. I don't know if it's going to get below 25 and stay, but if it gets below 25, I'd be watching and I'd, I'd purchase what I could. I'm not telling you to buy a whole Bitcoin right mm -hmm. at 24. I'm just saying it gets below 25,000. Take advantage because it's going to three to four X when this ET and it's going to happen when they announce it. It's happening. I know you saw Lamborghinis taking Bitcoin now, right? Mm. Crazy. Man, so I'm curious, the ETF. Yeah. Which one is Bitcoin going to be in? Did they say that? No, uh, they didn't align it to one particular. I think what ended up happening is, is they'll use the use basis of just Bitcoin itself to kind of like create its own, link it to something. In the DeFi mode, huh? Like build around it? And build around it. That's yeah, what I believe. Yeah, sense. I believe it'll be the basis, right? And then they just start building everything around it and they start bringing in other cryptocurrencies. ETH will be probably first, obviously, but yeah. yeah. Um, and look, if you're still kind of confused about like what an ETF is, I always use this example. I forgot where I heard it from, but it just makes perfect sense to me. You think about going in a grocery store and you're walking down the aisles each mm -hmm. aisle has its own specific category of category. things right you got the snack aisle you got the the mm -hmm. candy you got the um uh what's they call like cereal and whatnot cereal. um each aisle is 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 essentially an etf and exactly. so you go to that aisle and there's different things so you go to the cereal aisle you got captain crunch which is like an apple um you got apple jacks which is microsoft or whatever yep. And so instead of you buying that one cereal, you're buying the ETF, you're buying the whole aisle. That's exactly right. That's essentially what it buying, is. Buying the sector, right? So a sector is just an area, a group, a category. So you're buying that sector, which is basically saying how many people would like cereal? Mm -hmm. Well, obviously, you're going to have a lot more people. I didn't ask how many people like Captain Crunch. Mm -hmm. although most a lot of people would right if it's apple mm -hmm. if you're comparing that to but i'm just asking how many people like cereal well, that's how your etf is you're gonna hit more than none mm -hmm. right so yeah yeah 100 we gotta do a, an episode on blackrock and who they are and what they own and whatnot Ooh. damn we gotta make sure yeah. i gotta make sure my doors can be locked on that episode <laughs> man start okay. diving that's a whole another conversation but no, yeah, we, no for sure for sure we can get into it yeah um 100 so and, and what it seems like man like the way everything is lining up everything it just seems like it's been planned out of course they've already you know? got it through already that's what i'm saying like it's yeah. very strategic what's happening you see but even the drop this drop that we've been you know yes yes 
everything. It's all strategic. Everything is, everything is done appropriately. I'm telling you, like, that's why I said it's probably going to be 90 days, right? Or a quarter, right? At the end of the first quarter, when they announce that it's done, because that'll fit appropriately before the halving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It gets enough retail people in, because the thing about it is, is on the backside of all this, all the whales, these big financial institutions, they've already bought up tons of Bitcoin. Mm. Tons of yeah. it. Like, yeah, 100%. you know, crazy. But you know who else is uh, pretty strategic as well? Who's that? Cardi B. <laughs> that probably wouldn't be the word I would use for her, but yeah, yeah. Hey man, I'm trying to I'm trying to have a transition. I no, tried. no, no. She she tried. She actually kind of uh, is though. Yeah, go ahead. No, but it, so let's talk about it. So Cardi B recently went viral on a mm -hmm. clip on how she's basically tired of real estate investing and being a landlord. Mm -hmm. Um. Now we maybe take it at face value because you know how. Colorful Cardi B is, and she's gonna be expressive and whatnot. Maybe she's just mad, um, but yeah. Anyways, she's like in the video talking about how she has tenants that haven't paid in nine months, yeah, and she doesn't want any properties as gifts anymore. Yeah, and uh, obviously it's it's an entertaining video, but sure. it's also very interesting because she kind of touches on the the side of real estate investing that a lot of people don't hit on. Right. Yep. When people are not paying their rent. Right. Which we've seen a lot in during the COVID times and whatnot during the pandemic. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's very interesting. But she also I think she said something at the end. It kind of cut off. She basically said she loves her a Birkin bag. Mm -hmm. You know, if you guys know anything about a Birkin bag, it's these bags are like 30,000, 40,000. And they, they go up from there. Now, why I find that interesting is because I think some or a lot of luxury goods, they can hold value and they can go up in value. Yeah. We've seen that during the pandemic, a lot of different watches, the watches. Rolexes and whatnot, mm -hmm. people were putting their money into the watches mm -hmm. and holding them. Uh, obviously recently, you know, they've, they've dropped a lot, but um, sure. that's something else that's pretty interesting that I'm wondering like, does she rather invest in a Birkin bag? Is it, is it just for the looks and whatnot? Um, cause she's got to be aware of like the value some of these bags have because these bags, they, and I don't want to be too deep on the bags, but there is some like exclusive value to having one. Right. If I think you got to be on a certain list or something like that, sure. but I'm curious to know, like, is this something that she's investing in? Is it something that she's more familiar with? So she would rather go that direction. Uh, but very interesting video. Nonetheless. I mean, I think that honestly, first and foremost, people have to understand real estate is local, right? It's very dependent upon the state that you're in. Yeah. If, if she's um, evaluating her thought process just solely based upon uh, New York and New Jersey, right, then that makes perfect sense. Um, I would just sit and think about landlord wise and California as well. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of in that, in that lane. Uh, being a landlord in those states can be a little bit difficult, right? Having a rental property or rental real estate is very difficult. Squatters are allowed. There's all these different things that could occur. They don't have to pay rent. It was during COVID. They didn't have to pay. It's all these different things. And so you end up taking the bag for that and maybe destroy your house, right? And so that these are a lot of the things that people don't think about when they think about real estate investing. I think that she brought up some very valid points. Um, you know, as 
we sit and talk about it. I, I talk about it all the time, just on my own platform. Um, you know, the American dream of owning houses and doing all this stuff. I think that I'm not saying that's not good. Um, I just think real estate should be very, should be evaluated very well. Mm-hmm. My personal opinion right now at this moment is not the time to be buying homes. If you're investing, that's different. It's through a business, it's tax entities, the tax incentives is all, that's different. But if we're talking just purchasing stuff, no. Um, but she was talking about from the investment side, landlord, being a landlord, mm-hmm. specifically multifamily, um, which is, it's kind of weird. This stuff comes out um, and the FHA, they just passed probably about two, three, two or three weeks ago, about a month ago, um, the LTV, right? Uh, it's a loan to value, right? Of, of costs, basically, instead of you having to put uh, 15 to 20% down, now you only have to put 5% down 5% for multifamily down. homes, Crazy. right? And so this is probably a great opportune time to take advantage of it. But then you also got to think about that the rates, interest rates are past 8%. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of did it in it. When you put that together, you're still paying, you know, so you got to sit and really think it out. I think that, I, I think Cardi B also is something that people should know. She's a lot smarter than what people really give her credit for. She's, she's very intelligent. For sure. yeah, she's very sure. intelligent. So she says it in ways that, you know, kind of whatever, but deep, like she actually knows what she's talking about. Um, and now in Birkenbag to that, yeah, like, I mean, Louis V, Birkenbag, all these various different luxury goods, they come with a tag, right, of authenticity. And as this stuff ages, you could sell it back and it appreciates in value, right? It's like a car, a very rare car. But you could say, man, I'd never put a million dollars into a car. But you put a million dollars into the car and then literally 10 years later, you can sell it for 10, 15 million, right? Yeah, and so yeah. it's understanding the value of things. And so if she said, I'd rather put money into a Birkin bag and she's really talking about the investment of it, it may make sense. Resale value might place it as a better investment than the real estate at that yeah. Where in the area that she's talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Now, where you live, Chris, if I was looking at Texas and I'm thinking the Birkin bag or purchasing some property in Texas and even some investment property, no way possible. I mean, prices are a lot better. Uh, there's no state tax, right? So true, true. It's, it's a local game. If she's relating it to New York, New Jersey area, up north, east, I get it. It's probably not feasible. It's not the smartest thing to do. There's better uh, investments, but I'm being fair to real estate and saying that it is a local game and I can't say it's a bad investment. I could just say that maybe given where she was looking at it is. Yeah, definitely. And we don't know if she has property managers. She can be the one or maybe her family members trying to manage this stuff, you know? So it's really interesting, especially from like a celebrity perspective on, look, we all here, you should buy real estate. So this is something they do, but they may not be ready for the back end of it, right? Managing this stuff, right? People not paying rent and they're busy as it is. So is that the right investment vehicle for you? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I posted something and um, our homeboy Lewis on my, Luis, he's going to get mad at me, but he, uh, you know, like I posted something the other day and I just said like, and it was from Bloomberg and they said like, especially in California, but the nationally they're starting to see this, but renting is cheaper than owning a home. And it's been going that way for a long time. People used to always look at me crazy. I'm like, I mean, yeah, I own some property or whatever, but I'm more of a renter because I like having access to my funds to do what I want. I'm not weighed down at any given moment. I can move and do whatever it is that I want to do. I'm not weighed down by that commitment, right? And people are like, oh, that's crazy. But more and more, I'm starting to see millennials 
and Generation Z, they get it. Like, no, that's actually the smartest thing to do. I don't, I don't need to be weighed down, right, by that. Like, I need to be able to go and I have more access to my money. I can do, I can invest my money elsewhere and mm-hmm. earn and stuff. So, so and, it's all and, about your individual. We say this, yeah, your individual. Yeah. Your individual goals, sit down with somebody, right? Have that conversation, focus on your individualized goals and does it meet with your goals? doesn't matter and, what. And, and yeah. shout out to Omar, but I'm curious, what, what did he say when he posted that? <laughs> I mean, people, it's there's multiple different comments, right? And, sure, and it's because sure. a lot of people that they're in that lane, right? Omar's more in commercial, right? Than he is residential. He's in com- into the industrial commercial side of things. And so, that's all basically investment side of things, but residential. Um, and I, I, I wrote something to MG the other day and I was like, yo, bro, you know, I mean, you can't say that it's just all about the deal, right? If someone's coming in and the same, I was looking at a figure, right? If I borrowed $450,000 in 2021, I only had to pay back 687, but now I got to pay back 1.2. Hmm. It, you know what I mean? Like, and so you, you can't really just say it's all about the deal because it's the, it's the overall look at it, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I like to break it down and sit with people, but I do believe that um, based on her, mm-hmm. what she's saying, right? Now, if she's talking about Georgia, I don't know. Who, who might it be? I don't know, Cardi. You kind of, <laughs> you might be tripping a little bit because I, I don't know if that really makes sense. But if she's talking about New York and New Jersey, I have to agree with her. Like that, yeah. that might actually make more sense. Crazy, hey, but very. What do you think? What do you, what specifically? I mean, what do you think about her comments? Like her, what she said. I mean, because it sounds foolish, yeah. but when you really dig deep no, into I, it, it's I think really not. That's why I said like she said some things that are not spoken about a lot when yeah. it comes to real estate, right? Yeah. When we hear real estate. It's like, we just hear everybody should be buying it up. That's what we hear from our community. You know what I'm saying? Everybody should just buy real estate, right? That's the older crowd. The older crowd. And we have to get back to something that we preach a lot is what is best for you? What's best for your living situation? And what do you want? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And not only that, I love what you said that real estate is is a local game, right? Like being in proximity to what you own is, is ideal. If you're in... I think she's in LA, she said, and you got property in Jersey and New York, that can be hard to manage, right? Sure. Um, but I think she she's valid for what she said. You know, that's her opinion. That's that's how she feels, that's her thoughts. If she rather put it in a different vehicle where she knows she can get her money back or it's easier to manage, do that. I mean, I have people that argue with me all the time about different vehicles and stuff. And people, I get it. If you're in the real estate market, you're not I mean, people they're gonna take it a certain type of way, but I think that everyone should just sit and look at what's best for them. And I don't, I don't believe that I will say this. I don't believe real estate is good for everybody. Like purchasing mm-hmm. homes and flipping and doing that's not meant for everybody. It's really no. not. It's just yeah. not. But yeah. Yeah. Uh with that being said, phenomenal episode. I had fun with this one. I don't know about you, but for sure. If you guys got any value from this episode, which I know you did, don't play. Share this episode with one other person out there that needs to hear this podcast. And come on, there's a lot of people that need to hear this. I was telling Jeremiah, anytime that I bring up to people, especially Latinos, like what the platform's about, they always, always say like, yo, that's so needed in our community right now. And it is, right? So tap in, share this podcast episode with one other person that needs to hear this. 
and continue to grow with us. Let's go. With that being said, it's your boy Chris. Catch you guys next week. Peace.